Welcome to Celebrate Good Lives, a podcast coming to you from Whakatane, New Zealand, talking about the funeral industry here and abroad. I'm Brad. And I'm Dean. We're here to demystify, empower, and talk about the ways in which you can celebrate good lives for those who are no longer with us. So join us on a podcast journey where we discuss all facets of funeral life, what's involved, and how we can help you, our podcast community, celebrate good lives better. Well, welcome back to the podcast. We're back. We are back. Episode 11. Welcome back, Dean Weber. I'm Bradley Shaw. We're here today to talk about urns, ashes, a little bit of memorialization, maybe. Welcome back. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's cool. Hey, um, so today, I guess we'll jump straight in. Let's talk about ashes. Let's talk about... We've spoken a little bit about cremation a while ago um, mm. with Haley, but... Give us a quick rundown on ashes and how ashes sort of become ashes. Right. And then we can talk about what we do with them. Right. So the traditional form of which ashes become ashes is when the request for a fire cremation or now a water cremation has taken place. The soft tissue is then reduced in flames and you then have bone matter that is left which is calcified bone only. Yeah, that's right. And then that um, the remaining parts from the cremation process are put through a cremulator, which basically reduces them down to what we are returned, given back with. Um, ashes, which right. is small bone fragment. It's not like fireplace ash. It's okay. small bone fragment. And so then once you get the ashes back, you can then choose what sort of urn you may decide to choose or you can mm. decide on you know whether the funeral home holds the ashes until maybe someone else goes or yeah. you can you know unclaimed ashes is a big issue country maybe worldwide worldwide but, um you know let's say someone picks the ashes up and they come you know and collect them what do they usually come in for us and I think my even my international experience is going to be the same if I think back well enough. Is uh, generally you're giving back some sort of um, minimalist, minimalistic uh, cardboard, plastic, or wooden container, mm. essentially something to convey the transport from the crematorium back to the place funeral. of resting. Yep, and then a transition generally takes place from there. And then, so what we would typically do is the ashes would be given to the family, but usually we'd have a conversation with the family before mm. the cremation takes place about what they were wanting to do with the ashes. Yeah, this, that one really, I was going to interrupt you earlier, but that one really does sort of come at point of arrangements as to, well, what are your plans with the ashes? And it's amazing that a lot of people really go, oh, I don't know. They, they don't have any plans for the ashes and they haven't really thought about it, but all they know is that they want them to be cremated. So mm. it really does seem that a lot of times, um, I guess my experience in the past is um, we had yeah, sort of a laid back attitude about them and we waited for people to come to us to receive them. And then we yeah began to realize that um, when it falls uh, after a certain amount of time, it's out of mind out of out of time mm. and people forget about them and so now when and i know we do it here with with you as well is when we've got them into our care we phone and move them on Straight otherwise away. you do you just end up with just stacks yeah. and stacks of them yeah i mean well speaking here we've got ashes from 
I think the 70s, mm. maybe. Um, and not that we were open in the 70s, but there were there were a couple of funeral homes in the area that closed down, and then their ashes, you know, were given to one of the funeral homes, which was still open. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. I suppose they'd probably been transferred a couple of times before they got to us. So yeah. we did a big um, push... I want to say 18 months, oh, two years ago. It's a double-edged sword. I know where you're going. And we we actually got, you know, we we placed a few ashes with family members um, from 80s, 90s, 70s even. So that was cool, but a lot of effort. And, and you know, some people were like, oh, were they never claimed? Yeah. It's like, yeah, no, nah, they're still here. It's, oh, mm. far out. So... Our advice would always be, hey, you know, if you've, if someone passes away and, and their ashes are here, just, you know, collect them or take them and do something with them, you know, whether that's bury them, yeah. scatter them, hold them. What 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 can you do? People's going to say, well, what, what am I allowed well, to do? I got asked the other day, a couple of times, I think I was at a service and some people came up and asked me if, if they're legally allowed to scatter them in the ocean. Mm. And yeah. That's but, an interesting... Yeah, so like New Zealand, say, Australia, mm. you know, mm. what do you find people choose to do with them? Well, a cu- couple of things. One would be the traditional idea of burying the ashes and having a plaque at the cemetery. Sometimes that goes into the into the ground or into, the, into a wall. Um, that's your more traditional offering, I guess, you could probably say. Mm-hmm. Um, the second option would be scattering at a place of significance. So mm-hmm. um, we found over the years a lot of people scatter at sea or at the beach or at um, a rose garden, uh, quick NB. Uh, ashes and roses are no good for each other. No. <laughs> they no. don't go well. Uh, just in case anyone didn't know, um, don't scatter ashes on rose gardens. Yeah. Um, and then the other option is, you know, holding the ashes until someone else passes away and then they sort of mm. um, have a get crem- either cremated again or then they get mixed together and then buried in one plot. Or There's so many different options these days. And, I mean, yeah. when it comes to reciprocals of urns, like when we talk about the reciprocal of the urn... Receptacles. Receptacle, sorry. Yeah. Reciprocal, receptacle. Um, potato, potato. Uh, you end up with, um, you know, you can have whatever you want now. Yeah. Right, so you've got yeah. traditional timber wooden boxes. You've got like you might be able to see behind me necklaces, yeah, um, bracelets. I mean, we've sometimes sold sort of fifteen, sixteen, seventeen necklaces mm. to the same family because all the grandchildren want to have a piece of grandma. Yeah, it's it's with urns. It's really wide open. You can do. Um, the mere basics of a cardboard box about the size of a tissue box um, called a presentation box, I think they're sold as. And you can do absolutely high-end, heirloom, abstract art things that just are off-the-chain, creative, cool, and expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's quite a few other things. Have you had any real... Um, out there things that people have done with with ashes well i guess we've we've been working with someone at the moment over a glass blowing 
Oh, to have them inside. Inside, inside the so glass. glass blowing, um, which is done in New Zealand. So that's certainly a, a possibility. Yeah. Um, I have heard of the diamond. Um, yeah. You might be more experienced with this I did. than I had, me. Yeah, I had somebody come and approach me about that and looked into it mm. all the way up until we got to the cost the price. part. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was a yeah, big backup. Um, yeah. I know you can do you can have ashes put into like fourth of july fireworks oh yeah <laughs> and shot and off into space spread well that's another one you can spread yeah. them out over a big area when you're in a firework yeah um but yeah you can shoot them up into orbit mm. um Gosh, yeah. What else? There's so I many had? different options. Oh, right. yeah. The other one, the other one that we talked about, and I, I'm a diver, right. and yeah, I've always, I've been waiting for someone to ask, but yeah, to yeah, get some GPS coordinates to somebody's favorite dive spot and chuck them in a reef in a hole, and that they're gonna stay and go, yep, there it is, GPS click, and like an cool. artificial reef sort of thing. I think, mm. yeah, I think Florida. Maybe somewhere like that, there is actually an installed artificial reef for depositing. Amazing. So, I mean, look, there's so many options out there for ashes and what you can do. And I guess the, the traditional ones of scattering mm. you know, in, in insignificant places for a lot of people is cool. Mm. But you do need to be mindful about where you're scattering, how you're yeah. scattering. And, and in New Zealand, mm. how long after the cremation that you do the scattering i was just going to bring up there are there you know the beauty about cremation is it seems like it gives you an an endless timeline or a very convenient timeline to do what you want to do when you want to do it Mm. and that's great but the time to grieve is when you're supposed to grieve Mm. right close to it and there's depending where you live Mm. uh, this this is a pretty damp living climate that we've got one experience that we sort of spoke about before was is that we've had ashes come back to us you know whether something's happened or they want the ashes transferred into another container or they want the ashes mixed with somebody else and they've solidified yeah they've gone they've gone concrete they're like, like a brick concrete yeah and so for, for, the, for the listeners out there, or the viewers, what should they do to, to combat that? Because even just the air, like you, we're in the middle of winter in New Zealand right now. Yeah. Okay, we're in the middle of winter. So right now it is damp. It's damp. It is damp. It is cold. And there is yep. not really much you can do about that. But ashes do not like the damp and they do not like the cold. No. I, I generally, if, if I ask, get a chance, I always ask people, what are your plans with them from here? And if, if they're just going to hold them, they just don't know yet, don't feel bad about not putting them up on the mantle or whatever, you know, out, mm. uh, where everybody's got to see them. And you got to look after them. If, if you're going to have a plan with them eventually to look after them and maybe put them in the, the closet where the hot water cylinder is, keep them warm, keep them dry, keep mm. them loose. Yeah, 100%. And I think, you know, where, where I've had the experience and I've, ha- I've actually had it quite a few times recently of solidified ashes. And it's, it's, it's quite frustrating, you know. It's very hard to work with, especially if you're mixing or changing container, mm-hmm. you know. It's like, oh, man, <laughs> this is not easy. You know, we had a question posed to both of us, um, I think, last week or the week before 
when the lady asked us, oh, should I just put um, one of those silica packs mm. in it? And mm. both of us looked at each other and went, hmm, Maybe. I don't know. If you've um, told anyone to put a silica pack in it to keep the moisture out, let us know if it worked. Yeah, interesting, because... You know, we it's a, it's a bit of a problem here in New Zealand. I'm 100%. I'm starting to sort of yeah. figure out, and I'm like, wow, I've, I haven't seen it as bad as I've seen it recently. Yeah, it's been so. it's been quite shocking. Mm. The um, one one thing I was thinking of while you were while we were talking before and ashes and memorializing with ashes mm. is having a service with ashes present has become become more and more popular mm. um, as the cremation has taken place before mm. the service. And it allows you a couple of really cool things about having um, a service like that. A, you're not having to deal with the size constraints of a casket. Mm -hmm. So now you've got this opportunity to really focus on, you know, a, a uh, memorial table, some sort of focal point mm -hmm. um, that's not the casket, not, you know, something else and, and really make it a bit more delicate or a bit nice or, mm -hmm. you know, you're not really pressed for space so much and feels like you're able to be more creative. Can I challenge you? Absolutely. Uh, I want to challenge you. On the you. spot. I, I don't like memorial services and I'll tell you why. If someone is directly cremated, right, yes. there's no funeral, mm -hmm. and then you invite everybody for a memorial service, and they show up and there's a box of ashes at the front, Yep. how do you feel about people coming to the funeral or the memorial service, and there's just a box of ashes there, compared to coming to the service, seeing the casket, seeing the nameplate, the whole lot is at the front. It's like... You go there and the ashes are there and it's like, oh, we're just, we're not actually physically talking to the person because that yeah. person's not there anymore. I hear you. Whereas I think when they're in the casket, they're fully there. Yep. Yep. I think you've, you've mentioned Do it. I pose a valid point, yeah, yeah, Dean? I, I think you do. You've, <laughs> you brought it up um, not long ago when we talked about processing the steps, mm. the steps and the events that need to take place to process it properly, mm. process grief properly properly mm. and you talked about the liminal barrier mm. and yeah i think when you're confronted with the sight of a casket mm. or viewing somebody that's deceased yeah you um, know when you put your you, hand you on the casket there's, it's a different feeling to putting your hand on a box of ashes it is it is um i agree um but i think as well the if you're able to bring some other personalization bits around it that complete mm. the picture that the uh, shall I say like the 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 feeling in your heart that that sort of comes and drops when there's a point of loss mm. um, I think that the gathering can deliver that there's the reality of seeing it mm. yep I, I think Do you th okay I like them. Okay, I don't mind them at all. I like them okay I'll pose you a question then do you think that a memorial service close to the time of death then is better than a memorial service six months down the track hundred percent yep because okay, I, I can kind of deal with that better yep but if you, if you have a direct cremation for example and the grief is then basically subsided in a, in a matter of time mm -hmm. 
and then you go and have a memorial service mm-hmm. it's almost like raising that grief again absolutely. when you didn't get the opportunity to have the grief to start with absolutely i think we've we've all heard the at some point in time whether you've heard the song on the radio or you've heard the reading or, or you've read the bible ecclesiastes for every time there is for everything there's a time and mm. a place a season is right yeah when it's time to grieve it's time to grieve mm. when 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 the loss has happened it's time to grieve it's time to take care of the matters that mm. are here in front of us now mm. and then prepare ourselves to move on um to shove those off to well i shouldn't say shove but to just to slide them off to the side maybe cover them with a nice comfy duvet mm. um and then have to revisit it in six months mm. uh, i'm not i'm i'm a procrastinator so if i can procrastinate it out long enough it's like i forgot about it mm. so i think it's just best i think to we experienced that it a on. lot with when when COVID happened in new zealand as well you know like it did around the world and funerals weren't able to take place and everyone said oh it's fine we'll have a service later on we'll have a service later on we'll have a service later on no one no very one few. did very few very few very few very I li- few i liked the covid funerals mm-hmm. by the way those 10 10 person 10 seats sitting around a casket no microphones no mm-hmm. judging eyes no feeling of the pressure it was just the 10 people that are supposed to be there and they i i liked them mm-hmm. i embraced them i loved them interesting conversation so i guess one thing i wanted to ask you was if there's one ashes memorialization object or product or something that you would love to get involved in give it to me what is it is it the diving you want to dive down and do that for somebody oh absolutely in that room yes yes sorry we're going back here but yeah you know yeah back on topic yep i thoroughly think that that is an absolutely cool thing to do Mm. And I've got a mate of mine that, yeah, we've, we've talked about this and, and that would be the plan. Um, what a service to be able to offer somebody mm-hmm. to say, yeah, I'll drop them off for you and I'll, I'll, I'll mark it. And, and yep, the, the fishing reef, whatever, the diving reef. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I really like that. What, we, what about you? Is there anything that sort of... Well, I've had a couple of experiences in the past where the funeral home I used to work for owned a boat and they used to take people out mm-hmm. after the funeral on the company's boat, take them out and do the scattering of ashes and have a memorial sort of mm-hmm. service out on the water. They'd mm-hmm. put a bit of a catering on. And I always thought that that was just... Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. Um, another experience I had was another funeral director I worked with. He took some ashes up in a tiger moth for the family. Yes. And, you know, um, them, yeah. scattered them out of the out of the tiger moth. That yeah. was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, for me, I don't know. I, I haven't really thought too much about it, but I, I, I reckon that would be cool, you know, going up in a plane. and. Speaking of the um, scattering from a boat mm. and doing it as ooh, on company – company staff um have you ever seen one of the floating biodegradable mm. urns yeah we had one for about five years and couldn't sell uh, yeah i used them i yeah i used them a lot really yep and we had a i think we might even still have it yeah we somewhere. had a tour boat um that would take you out to one of the islands and a bit of a tiki tour and uh, one of the guys, the old fellow that worked on the boat, um, also helped me out at the funeral home. And, and um, I hooked families up with him. Mm. And they would, he would take them out and at the right place where it's nice and calm and stuff. Yep, he'd stop the boat and he'd do a little 
committal service at the back of the boat and they'd play a song and the family would lay this yeah urn in the water nice and it would air. it would float for about five minutes and then it would start to sink and dissolve and then the ashes would dissolve down Amazing. below yeah i guess one thing we could say about that is is that you know especially in um our area here that if you are you know um scattering ashes in the sea or anything like that you do need to be mindful of cultural purposes and things mm. like that and where you do it and how you do it so um that's one sort of yeah side note i would be mindful oh, of. there's so many elements when you're on the water to have to worry about with mm. wind tide mm. swell mm water itself mm. even scattering ashes <laughs> on, earth, it's on, tr- earth, it's tricky. on land uh you know wind is a serious uh, problem it's uh, you tricky. do need to be mindful of that mm. so yeah hey well great podcast cool to sit down and talk about ashes we'll talk a little bit more about memorialization next time because when it comes to bearing of ashes and you know the way we scatter ashes where we scatter ashes how we scatter ashes um you know the different types of necklaces and things you can buy mm. and diamonds and all of that it's been kind of cool to have that discussion with you today so yeah. um hey we had a little challenge there that was yeah. cool yeah sort of chewed it over yeah we you surprised me a, well we've managed to find a little bit of a common ground there so yeah um great to sit down and talk with you today and um yeah we'll be back with you guys very soon cheers, thanks for man. having us yeah cheers <laughs>